Welcome to the Confessions of a Restaurateur podcast where we talk about London's hospitality scene. Join us as we explore the highs and the lows of being a business operator in one of the busiest cities in the world. Trying out new ventures and exploring the business of food. I'm Omar Shah. And I'm Lawrence May. And welcome to this week's episode. So welcome back to uh, our podcast, and uh, it's episode two. This episode two. It's episode two. And uh, I just want to apologise about the last podcast. All right, it, it, the sound was terrible. We've invested in some new mics. Hopefully, you like how we sound, and it won't hurt you whilst you listen to it in the car or at home or whatever. Um, so let us know if you like it. If you like the, the improvements. Um, in the meanwhile, we're gonna raise our topic, which mm-hmm. is Ube. 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 Ube, Ube ice cream, Ube, the, the vegetable, Ube, Ube, where did it come from? All right. It's, it seems like everywhere you turn on your, on your socials, you look at your phone, it's everywhere. It's, it's one of these popping flavors, which has been trending now, trending for the last four, five, four, five years. Yeah. And, uh, we want to, yeah, just discuss about, you know, how, how it's impacted the food scene, particularly the dessert scene in London. And um, obviously that's going to be hand in hand about how Mama Sons um, was a contributor to that. Okay. So what is ube, Omar? Ube is a purple sweet potato. All right. It's found. Uh, it's, uh, it's, found it's, it's also indigenous to the Philippines. Yeah, it's found in the Philippines and it's used in a lot of desserts and savory dishes in some regions, but predominantly desserts. All right. Um, 2017 was a big year for us. When we opened up Mama Sun's ice cream, you want to talk a bit about that and why why we decided to go for Filipino ice cream? Yeah, I think in in 2017, um, you know, there wasn't really a lot of variety for Asian desserts in general, but in particular Filipino desserts. And we di- we've discussed this many times, and with the evolution and like concept design from Mama Sun's, it started as an Asian dessert parlor, but we obviously both of us being Filipino, we really wanted it to be more uh, true to what we served f- in the Philippines. Yeah, the food scene in around well, five years ago, there there weren't many options. No. You know, specifically as well for Asian ice cream. Yeah. Or Asian dessert parlors. I think the whole kind of vibe kind of kicked off around then anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember back then we had Yokin. Mm-hmm. All right, you took me down to Yokin. We I queued did. up. It used to be a pop-up. And they, it was that macaroon ice cream sandwich and it just so blew up. Yeah. It was all over socials and had a massive following. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's closed down recently, right? Yeah, I think they've gone into something different, but they were definitely like... One like of the pioneers. The for eight brands for like desserts in general. Yeah, in like so that kind of... I mean, we already, already... It was already involved in the restaurant business back then, but coming up with the, the concept of having a complimentary brand for the restaurants... Um, we were, we were playing with a few ideas. Yeah. Um, there was the whole chili, ching, chili, chili, bang, bang. What's that ice cream thing? Um, called? like the Thai ice cream, like the Thai ice cream where you got now the scraper. It's, it's known as pan ice. Pan that, ice. That the, one of the brands pan ice, but it's the roll, rolled ice yeah. cream flavors, yeah. right? So it's like a frozen pancake roll ice cream. I remember, I remember looking at that. I think, hmm, is that going to pop? Is that going to trend? Is that going to, I mean, I remember I just put myself in a position of doing that all day, mm-hmm. every day. It's very labor intensive. Very labor intensive. And I think because of that, that was just a quick cross. Nah, yeah. we're not doing that. I remember thinking, you know, I had a great 
ice cream experience in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I remember in the road, yeah. this guy just stopped <clears throat> in his trike. He had his coconuts and he was selling coconut ice cream. And I ordered one and he cracked a coconut open, poured out a bit of the juice for me to, to take a shot of and scraped out the flesh. Um, scraped out the flesh as a topping and pushed it to the side. Then put some sticky rice in there. Then, then put some ice cream, coconut ice cream, which he made from the other half of the flesh and the reserved water. Crushed peanuts. It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I remember coming back and saying, listen, there's nothing like, this is it. This is I remember one. you coming back and saying the word for word line that you just said right now. Yeah, about this, this is the one. This is the concept we need to push. We need to push, you know, Thai ice cream, Filipino ice cream. We need yeah. a mixture. We need a pan Asian ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's just so happened we got the spot next to Bintang. Yeah. All right. And you thought, you know what? It's, it's, it's complimentary to Bintang. Let's do it. All right. We got the property. We opened it up. Mm-hmm. And the more, the more we, we ventured in and, uh, the more flavors we made, I think the more we, we are thinking about, do we, do we just want to maybe do something that's well, a little bit more niche and personal to us, which is Filipino well, whatever desserts? Whatever happens, Ube was always going to be. Yeah. It was in the menu for sure. Yeah. But we I, definitely had like a massive range when we were first like yeah. brainstorming. I mean, we kind of fell in love with the whole, concept of just stripping it down to Filipino ice cream. And that's where, and that's where Ube was a big part of. It was the star. We made it the main star. And And in Filipino dessert, Ube, like anything is the star. Yeah. It was, it was a bigger, it was a bigger risk. It was a bigger risk to, to, it was a big risk to take. I mean, yeah. I, I remember when we were consulting with different ice cream pr- um, purveyors and, and uh, equipment manufacturers, and they were asking us, what, what flavor? What flavors are we doing? Are we doing strawberry? Are we doing vanilla? Are we doing chocolate? And we said, no, we're not doing any of the best sellers. Um, we're basically, we're, we're, and yeah, yeah, we're not doing any of those flavors. No, we definitely, didn't want to do anything traditional. I mean, traditional to the UK, which was those yeah. strawberry, chocolate, vanillas. But they thought we were crazy. They yeah. thought, I think I mentioned it before, but they thought we were completely insane. I think I remember one man telling us like we were going to like suffer or like be unsuccessful because we didn't serve strawberry because that was his favorite yeah, so flavor. You're nuts for starting a business, yeah. an ice cream business in London, let alone an ice cream business in London. In, in, in yeah, our, yeah, like yeah. The that's cold, exactly what he said. Cold, windy London, whatever. But the fact that people are going to come in and they're going to turn away. And I said, you know what? We don't care. Let's yeah. do this. Let's push it. I out. think that was a big motivator for us as well to like prove that not only would an ice cream business succeed in London, despite the weather, um, but also that a Filipino ice cream parlor would, would work. Yeah. Um, but that said, a big part of the success of Mama Sons was definitely having Ube. Hundred percent. Yeah. So obviously you, you tie that in with the trend of social media and you know all these foodies and food bloggers and wannabe food bloggers and you know everyone's aspiring to get the content and, and that's what it was. We, we created uh, you know maybe accidentally, but we had it in mind. But we created a product that content creators within the food realm wanted to capture. It was like, I, I describe content creators as like food hunters. They're always looking for the new thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was one of these things where, um, it was one of these things where Ube just attracted them to come down yeah. to get that photo. They wanted to be the one, the first ones to post it or engage with their audience. And, and it's just, 
It allowed us to build our audience faster by having that product there. It was, it's just, it's, look at a scoop of Uge, Ube and it's, it's just, where is that purple flavor? Where's that purple I, look coming from? It's I just, think also there's like, there's nothing like that. Yeah. Know? In terms of like the aspect of social media, I think that was definitely something after like a few months of we opened. I think when we initially opened, we genuinely had to work really hard to be able to, um, sell what Ube was to someone who if they weren't Filipino so that they would give it a go and I think that was a big part of like the the creation of Mamasons where would my non-Filipino friends want to try this and like why would they want to try it so we needed to make it very similar to something that they're used to so something like you know describing it as a ice cream filled sandwich um, which is the bilog, our signature dessert in Mamasons. So the packaging Ube. of the ice cream. Yeah, so it wasn't just like, hey, come in and try the sweet potato purple ice cream. We oh. definitely, you know, created like those think, signature dishes and, and able to, to help, yeah, yeah to, it push it, to promote it. A good vehicle for the ice yeah. cream. Yeah, and I think as well, um, people's attitudes to dining, they were becoming a lot more experimental. They wanted new dessert. They wanted, they wanted to try something. Well. Yeah. So, I mean, apart obviously the content creators or the content hunters, I like mm. to say, then you have, um, I think back then, foodies, the, you know, the most probably experimental. Oh my yeah. God. Have you tried matcha? It was the thing to do. It was the thing to eat. <laughs> matcha was the, 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 new, the, the flavor of the block. I mean, you go to, it was definitely the it flavor like yeah, five years ago. Matcha everything, you know, and matcha is still, it's still a great versatile ingredient that's used in dessert parlors. Big up to Sujuri. You know, they have amazing desserts. Yeah. Um, there are neighbors in Chinatown, by the way. Um, someone who I aspired, uh, to, uh, to, uh, I aspired just to, um, replicate their success. Man, they, they were amazing. I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Sujuri's great, great dishes. And they have opened up in Camden as well. Um, so I'm happy about that. But that said, matcha was the one. Sujuri was at the, the forefront of the yeah. dessert scene with matcha. They definitely and they kind of had that unlocked. Yeah. That you think about matcha and you think about Sujuri in London. Boom. It's the only thing I think about. Yeah. So, but obviously you got the teas, you know, great tea products. There's a lot of supermarket products using matcha. Yeah. All right. Um, you can find it anywhere and everywhere. It's not just, you know, these niche. It's more common now. It's, it's more, more mainstream and, that's where and accessible. Go. Yeah. So where we we're, you know, we're going to talk about later on of, you know, Ube, is that where it's going to be going? Do people think that Ube is that bubble? Um, is it a trend that's going to pop? Um, I think not. I think it's, it's a flavor that's here to stay. It's a big part of our culture. We've been using it for hundreds of years. Um, if not thousands, I'm sorry, I don't know my food history. I should have done my research. Mark, what was that? Hundred thousand. Yeah. Credit goes to Mark. He says about a couple hundred years. Thank you for that. All right. So yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's the future of Ube. I think it's going to be, if you look where a matcha has gone. Yeah. You know, now they're using it in, um, I saw a, 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 a recent, uh, Bailey's, style drink mm-hmm. like a ube cream liqueur mm. that's won the taste awards apparently it's delicious S- sounds delicious all right there was uh we're looking to develop some ube chocolates mm-hmm. you know so we're hoping that we could uh, yeah that's some inside info there. <laughs> i don't know if i should say. i don't know i was like what are you doing yeah Shh. but anyway we're looking to develop some more products using ube um but yeah it's exciting it, it was exciting and and so to go back to how people reacted to it back then. 
we used to have people just come in and, and come out and we thought, oh, you know what? These guys were right. <laughs> you know, people coming in and coming out. It kind of hurt you because you just open up a new business. You want to do well. Oh, like the people that didn't want to try it. They didn't want to try it. They come in and they see a beautiful ice cream parlor and they will look up and they think, okay, where's, where's, a, where's a strawberry, mate? You got strawberry? No, we don't. Okay. You got vanilla? No, sorry. We, it's a, we're a Filipino ice cream. Chocolate. You got any chocolate? We got Milo. Milo. Mate, listen, by that time, we've lost them. They've walked out. But yeah. we managed to kind of a, uh, create a, a cool script yeah, to kind of pull people together and get them engaged. And that's what I'm talking about. I think, you know, in the beginning, when we first opened, it wasn't like, like uh, paint the walls, get it all ready, open up, and then boom, like we, we were like uh, having, having the cues or anything like that. I think if we hadn't planned for that or like, tested it out like in the neighborhood at the time. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. And listen, I'll be honest with you guys. When you start a business, like in particular, uh, uh, a very risky business, like a Filipino ice cream parlor in London, world's first, by the way. Yeah. World's first. Claiming it. Claiming, claiming it right shit, now. Right. Prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a huge bloody risk, man. That's a huge risk. And thank God it, it it's kind of turned out. Now, now you're getting the local, the local rude boys coming in. Yeah, the local man them saying, yo, bruv, um, hook me up two scoops of rube. Like, it's nothing. This is just nonchalant. It's like vanilla, you know? Get me a couple scoops of chocolate. They're saying ube like it's nothing. We don't have to explain it anymore, which is the craziest thing. We've had, back then, we needed to create a script. We needed to get them engaged. We needed to talk about the story. When people come, you know, when people come and ask for ube, it's like, yeah, sure. It's just a pro Some people ask about it, but you don't, we didn't know, we didn't have to dig yeah. as deep. To get them to to get them um, to buy in to that flavor, but you know what's so crazy is, I think with like Chinatown, that is definitely the case where it's an it's like very. I feel like sometimes it's as common as a Starbucks frappuccino when you come in and go. Yeah, but the, the, tar the target market you get in Chinatown, they're looking for that already. But like, if you look at, for example, Westfield. It kind of reminds me of that time of us opening where we had to explain it. We had to kind of do the show and tell, give the tasters, give that background story because it's not something that in that area was like a, a big interest. Like, that's very true. You know, so, so I as, do as, feel as like- As much as London is this is this hot pot. They're aware, but a, a lot of people, cultures. I find five years of us doing this, still don't know about us, still don't know about Ube. They might've heard of it or like, they oh, they know it as, oh, that purple ice cream. Mm. I've seen that somewhere or mm. something like that. Yeah. So I definitely think it's a um, more like in, in Camden because of all the restaurants next to it, everybody kind of knows um, what we do and what we sell. And in Chinatown, like you said, like everybody in there, in that vicinity, they know about like the food that, that is popping or what's trendy or what's the best thing to have in that area. But to me, the most shocking thing was I was expecting our Westfield opening to go through the roof, you know? You know, our Chinatown opening was mad. Um, I, I, that's something I'll never forget, like queues around the block from, from the door to the gate, um, people queuing up like four hours in advance. And then opening Westfield, we had we had a queue. It was it was a it was a queue. Well, I think I think what Chinatown was the big, the big uh, the big shop that everyone, you know we started building up hype back then. Mm -hmm. And um, 
obviously it was a lot more easier to compete in that realm of yeah food. well no i think it genuinely is harder no back back then it was easier now like okay it's, now it's harder yeah a version of everything nothing not listen there's the the trend apparently this year is no trend <laughs> you know if you're looking to create a food product that's supposed to pop an insta it ain't gonna happen man mm. you know so it, people aren't that um people are more jaded to to uh novelty food and i no, think what no one gives a shit anymore. I, and i think what a lot of people don't sure. like look into is um food places that have maybe closed down because they were just following a trend like matcha or like ube and they've opened up a whole business based on like this one trendy ingredient but they don't know how to kind of turn that into something that people will uh want to go to time and time again like i know like i won't say those businesses but some of those businesses open near us you know in chinatown and they serve similar products similar flavors and um they're just not there anymore so i think as well as as easy as it is to like jump on a trend it's also so hard to like um keep up with it and then maintain it like so that you don't like get forgotten when the new trend well, comes along well, yeah so i think what helps us for i mean what's going to help us with our longevity yeah is the fact that these are our cultural products yeah and it's the it's how we pivot a flavor we didn't build Mama Sons around Ube. No. It, what, it is our signature flavor and we mm-hmm. sell shit ton. How much do we sell of that stuff? We sell like a ton a month or something like that. No, most, listen, we haven't, listen, we should know. Let's like figure, we sell about let's like, out. okay, so they no, sell. No, we did figure, listen, like, let's not. They listen. sell like 56 liters of Ube on a weekday. Yeah. In like Westfield. Yeah. So like, I can only imagine that's like double in Chinatown. Anyway, if not triple. We sell a mother load of Ube. We sell but, a lot. But we haven't built, it sounds like we have, <laughs> but we haven't built our business around this one flavor. I mean, we got Halo Halo. Hey, 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 like, listen. Halo Halo. We have Black Buko is, gi- is giving Milo. Ube a run for its money. I'm yeah. telling you that now. Yeah. That black coconut ice cream, like. Well, that, we, that's interesting. I mean, black ice cream was a trend. Yeah. All right. But we're, and we got, we got crap for that, actually. Yeah. We got crap for following this trend. But what a lot of people didn't know is that to make activated charcoal, you actually had to toast like the husks of the coconut and like um, that's how you, you grind it up and that's how you make activated charcoal, which is kind of what they did in Philippines. And then when we used to explain that to every customer, they used to kind of go, oh my God, so you guys like roast your coconuts, shave it. And um, you know what? We had to do that in our first year just so we could say that we did that. But eventually we found someone that actually um, did it, grind it up. But I'm telling you now, do not make your own activated charcoal because boy, you'll be doing that for days. Yeah. So, I mean, we managed to kind of uh, extend our product portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to compare this to, and that probably, that gives us the longevity and the variety for, you know, returning customers to come back and try other stuff. Yeah. You know, so um, for Mama Sons, I think, Mama, obviously, I feel Mama Sons was probably the biggest contributor. And I'm going to say it, man. Mama Sons was the biggest contributor. Do it with your chest. To, say it with your chest. To Ube. Um, and to base awareness and the fact that it's now become almost in London anyway, uh, a, a normal, uh, visible ingredient or, uh, a dish in most dessert parlors. All right. I've, I've, I saw Ube, some classic homegrown generational Italian gelato joints. All right. Selling, um, what's that? What's that Italian ice cream with the little chopped chips and 
Shatakala, Stratatella. All right. <laughs> Fuck that up, didn't I? All right. Selling Ubay, man. They're selling Ubay right next door to, next to Strata. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's nuts to me. That's nuts. Yeah. And like, listen, Mama Sons was a big part of it. And no, I, absolutely. Anybody even, that even doesn't now, like, recognize even, that, come on. You you know that it was a big part of what, like I, t- I tell, um, you know what? It was really nice because a member of staff said to me the other day and they're, they're on the older side. So they're about like 22. And they said, oh, I tell you, you know what? It's so nice to be able to have Ube every day. And you know, my, my younger siblings, they don't understand how lucky they are that they could have that every day now. Right, I'm getting goosebumps. Isn't that the nicest that's, thing? Yeah, that's crazy. Thank you. Strata, Strata, can you just say it? Strata Keller. Thank you. My goodness. Anyway, yeah, that gives me- Are you in the ice cream business or what? Listen, I'm in the, <laughs> I don't eat that. That's not my flavor. I love that flavor. That's not, but yeah, it's a nice flavor, but that's- Anyway, but like, yeah, so like- I don't say that word enough for me to be proficient at it. Okay, let's take it back to eBay. We're not doing the Trata Keller. Jeez. But, right. um, yeah, so it, it's, it's just so nice. Yeah, back to your point. That's, yeah. that's, I, I'm getting goosebumps, all right? Love but, that. All right. The fact that I, my childhood and my traditions and, you know, my memories with eBay is closely connected to my culture, all right? Me being second generation Filipino, you know, some people will describe me as a coconut, all right? I'm, I'm, my as much as I I love my culture, I need to know, and that's why I'm here, guys, because I'm, I'm no, no, full like, brown outside honestly, and full brown inside. I, I, I learn as much as I can, but I'm a Londoner through and through, first and foremost. That's <laughs> how I feel, right? A Filipino, I'm mixed race, Bangladeshi Filipino, and and <laughs> wait, my, clear that up. It sounds like you said my, you're mixed race, Bangladeshi and Filipino. I am. What? I'm mixed race, Bangladeshi Filipino. No, okay, okay. Born in London. No, he's half Bangladeshi and half Filipino. All right. Born in London, but my, my close connection, I haven't, I had, I didn't get the opportunity to travel to the Philippines that much when I was younger. I did, you know, a few times, but I was always proud to go to Barrow Fiesta, an annual festival, Filipino festival in, yeah, I know in Hounslow, central London to go buy. And the only once a year, once a year as a kid to buy Uber ice cream. Yeah. I used to go back to my school and tell my friends about it. And they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And it's just one of these things that when I ever had the opportunity for my non-Filipino friends to try, man, I was ahead over heels for, you know, getting to try it. You yeah. Know? And, and it I blew their mind and they loved it. And we get to do that. We get to do that. We get to do that and impact people's tastes and cultures right now. And every day. And tra- now, and now their traditions and their childhood memories. And now we're part of that. And that for us is like, wow. I love hearing that. Yeah, that's great. You know, so yeah, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Interlude. That's no, but I, I, I genuinely do think that Mama Sons has evolved so much in the last five years. I, it's, it started from a, a passion project slash you know, new, new venture for you getting into the dessert business as well. And me starting business in general. Um, but then slowly turning into a cultural, um, kind of pit stop for Filipinos in the UK or even in Europe. Just the other day, I had a really good friend of mine. Um, while I was doing an interview in Chinatown, I bumped into him after like two years and he, and I said, Hey, what are you doing here? And he goes, Oh, you know, I'm just here because uh, I was craving um, Jollibee and, of course, Mama Sons. And that, I've heard that so much throughout 
like the last few years, especially when Jollibee opened up so close to we're us. We're part of the, the the London food tourism rotation. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're a pit much, stop, man. man. No, that's cool, you know. And I think like we should make a map. Somebody should make a map and for food tourists. Yeah. Someone do it. We should do it. We we should, we do, should it. do it. Let's do it. Okay. But um yeah, and and now where we are now is, you know, we started that like um that little concept in, in Camden and then our Chinatown concept being a bit more bigger and more for like a, a reason for people to try it. Um, and now I think, yo man, I, we're, we're lucky to have Ube every day. I genuinely do feel that. And I don't have Ube every day. I don't have Ube every she day has, anymore. She has Ube every day. I have Ube maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have Ube maybe I, no, every no, no, other guys, day. Ube is delicious. I don't recommend having it every day. I know. I have it every day. Come to Mama Sons every day, please. Every day. It's great for you. Yeah. High in vitamins and nutrients and fiber. Guys. No, no. Like, <laughs> can we have a disclaimer that whatever I say, I'm not an expert, but it's delicious and it's, you can have it every day, but you shouldn't really. No. All right. Um, but what I was saying is for our future of Mama Sons. The future it, of it, Mama Sons. the most exciting thing for me right now. No, no, it's cool. Like, to go back to Ube and then talk about our business mm -hmm. and having that as one of the factors of our success and me being able to kind of nurture the brand, not only nurture the brand of Mama Sons, but nurture the brand of Ube, its flavor, its exposure, bringing up awareness, educating people. That's helped us as a business as well. Yeah, and for sure. You know, the fact that we, and, I'm, and I think we're, we're, speak for both of us, we're proud to contribute to impacting culture in London with this ingredient and hopefully many more, man. We're going to talk about other flavors and other, other delicious ingredients that comes from the Philippines. Disclaimer, my favorite flavor is Milo. Oh, oh I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you messed that one up, mate. No, Why? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, Milo I love delicious. all our flavors. That's still a Filipino flavor. Yeah, they, well, Philippines, Singapore. It's only Australia. because I ate Ube for two years right. straight. So now I'm on the Milo wave. Yeah, yeah, you can have only so much Ube, but you can have it every day for two years straight. And then you got to decide if it's, if it's for you. But anyway, <laughs> the future, like I said, we, like I said, let's talk I, about the future. Like I said, first. which we shouldn't have said is that we're dabbling with other products and seeing if we could extend that product portfolio. Um, and yeah, I, we've tried a few great dishes, which I'm excited about and we want to push forward like the chocolate. Okay. So. I, I recall when we decided to do uh, Filipino, at that, that point in time, okay, let's do Ube, let's practice it, let's make it. And this was like two, three weeks before we were opening Mama Sons and we couldn't find Ube anywhere. Like that 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 purple potato is freaking, um, yeah, it's it's like the big, it's like Bigfoot, it's like Loch Ness Monster. You, you can't find it anywhere. The only, the actually, you could go to some like Chinese supermarkets and get the frozen kind, right? Yeah. But even back then, it was very difficult to find because we were no, like the frozen stuff is very common now. No, not even no, no, like no. And that's why we asked your mom to bring some down. True. Yes. True. No, I remember this very clearly. We went around to all the supermarkets. We couldn't find um, frozen. We couldn't find fresh ube. We couldn't get any frozen stuff. Um, there was some some weird powder version of it. Which, oh, one that you had to reconstitute. Yeah, yeah. And like whisk it, like it was crazy. Like instant ube mash or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I that was an interesting product, we, by the way. We asked your mom to come bring some down, yes. and I thought she was gonna bring a couple pieces yeah. of ube. 
Yeah. She managed to smuggle in a whole suitcase, like like not, sixty kilos. Let mate, a proper suitcase. Sixty of kilos eBay. of eBay. And she she came and goes, Omar, take this upstairs. And I just I remember lifting it up like step by step, trying it to take up. It was heavy. It was heavy. Um, they were massive. And she just unzipped it. Pulled it open. Also, I think that's the first it was time. Like, it was like that scene from uh, Pulp Fiction when they open up the suitcase and the... <laughs> nah, yeah. Nah. No. I've seen Pulp Fiction. you seen it? I've seen it. When Samuel Jackson and John Travolta open up the suitcase at the end. Yeah. And then what was in the suitcase? I can't remember what I've seen. It. Trick question. No one knows what's in the see Anyway, let's move I've seen one. Pulp Fiction. Anyway, that's, okay. not the, that's, not, that's not the issue. Uh, also... Yeah. Like, and I remember... I remember your mum... Oh, he just tried to get me on camera. Okay. I remember... Remember we make an ice cream with your brother and I bought it from John Lewis, a small little tub, a little ice cream churner. Yes. Like a dual it. Even cream. though we had our real like Cadabriga FA, we just It wasn't wired in. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm just saying batches. like, yeah, we had yeah. to still do that. We had this 23 grand, but back then it was, it's still a lot of money now, but yeah, it wasn't wired in and I bought a little 80 pound ice cream <laughs> churner. And I thought, let's make some Ubi ice cream. <laughs> so we just boiled the potato I think up. that was actually the first time I saw Ube in real life. Like, yeah, and this was some this was some organic, wild, like- It wasn't like- Potent or- Ube, because I remember after a few days, roots were growing out of the suitcase. Yeah. I'm like, shit, we better deal with this. Yeah. So we took it, made it. and I, I remember you know, I my a, mom being like, Omar. You need to cook this now. Yeah. And, and you kept on being like, yeah. I was a bit intimidated. It was intimidating. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was intimidating looking different. at it. But uh, yeah, I remember we made it with your brother mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we tasted it. <laughs> we were so excited as well. Yeah, we were super, yeah, super excited. We tasted it. <laughs> and me and Moya looked at each other like, mm-hmm. damn, this tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like shit. Fuck. <laughs> we're opening up in two weeks. What do we do? And like, yeah, I mean, we realized there was a bigger process we needed to do yeah. to create, a little, I think, make a halaya. Yeah. Right? Halaya is like a, an ube jam. An ube jam, correct. Yeah. Would you like to explain that? More yeah, I think um, if you cook and eat ube in its raw form, it has like a flavor profile of a, of a potato, of a, like a sweet potato. It has like a, like a sticky texture as well. So like in order for you to really get that, sweetness out of the ube you have to boil it for a long time wait for it to chill the the gluten needs yeah, to come out yeah yeah here so you can see that vibrant purple and after that like you you boil it with sugar again for a long time and then you make halaya and there's so many different ways to make halaya which is like an ube jam so you either cook it up with sugar and milk or something along those lines but when you do that and you cook it up with those uh with milk or sugar it the taste is the flavors amazing. change completely so so different th- yeah you, and it becomes reminiscent of what you're used to mm-hmm. you try and you boil an ube and you taste it it tastes like it tastes like potato it tastes like a potato where potato. I, I at least i would have thought it tasted like a sweet potato but it don't even taste like a sweet it's not even as sweet as a sweet potato it's very earthy mate i would make chips out of it yeah and, yeah, I, yeah. and i didn't realize like every every time i've tried ube it's always been dessert based. Kinda, so i always i always thought it was naturally sweet but it isn't naturally sweet. it kind of tastes like a like a little, a, it's a little like, sweet like a sweeter cassava that's kind of what it tastes like yeah. a, a little bit yeah um, I mean, it's used in some recipes in as a savory dish. I've never tried any Filipino savory dishes that have ube. So, if anyone's out there, is anyone who likes to like likes to cook, likes to cook with ube in particular savory dishes? Bring it down, please. I would love to try it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I think that that was definitely interesting. Um, but I think we've definitely uh, explored so many. We've definitely explored so many ways to insert that ube flavor in all of our dishes. You know, like not just mamasons, but even in panadera, for example. You know, we made that ube French toast. So, is it fair to say we are the masters of ube now? Oh, I you, think you that's a very yourself, big claim. You, well, you call yourself the Ube Queen. That's an internal Megan Howard joke. So she's the Ube, she's the self-proclaimed Ube Queen within the organization. She, she's managed to uh to why are you putting me out like this? No, she's managed to kind of like tame the beast, which is Ube, that wild beast that large roots grow out of, and it's just some knobbly, niggly, <laughs> herbal, you know, purple sweet potato. You're gonna <laughs> and she's made other products. She's just increase and stretch the product range to like I, now it's in Panadera. Yeah, I, I I think after working with it for so long, I know um, where it's going to be best used. I know, you know, how to kind of merge it with something else like that's a bit more Western. Like I know right now, you know, you let a, a little slip out there, but we're developing our Ube chocolate. And any person that actually it better happen is a chocolatier will tell tell us like that, that shit is hard, man. So it's like a lot of compromise of how do we do that and not just make it like a purple chocolate bar and things like that. So it is very versatile when you know how to use its star qualities and pair it with like what it's great with, you know? So Panadera, you use have the last special. Panadera, by the way, is our Filipino bakery. Um, we, we we used a special with Hong Kong French toast for Chinese New Year. For, yes, for no, but our year. first special was um, the Ube French the Ube French toast. Ube French toast, and then yes. we had the Ube pancakes. Yes, and then we had the Ube tart. The Ube tart, and then by that time, I just needed a little break from Ube because there was like. For I remember one birthday. This was before I met you, mate. I had a birthday cake. It was the it was an Ube Ube booby. Oh, I remember that. I was there. I was there. I hope you get that cake. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice cake. Yeah, yeah. But um, so we definitely experiment with the flavor a lot. Um, and it's great. Like, like, why wouldn't it be great? That's why it's everywhere in Philippines and vanilla every dessert. Note. Like anyone who's wondering what it tastes like, it has like earthy vanilla notes. It just smells really fragrant as well. Yeah, nutty earthy vanilla um so question how do you see it kind of evolving in other industries uh within the food scene i think that a lot more people that are in the dessert business will start to uh adapt it to whatever they're doing like matcha you know so you've had a lot of um you've had a lot of companies that might look at matcha and see if they can put a twist on it and add matcha to them. Like one thing in particular that comes to mind is like, um, I love Little Moons, you know, the mochis. I do. I <laughs> love Little Moons. <laughs> we love Little Moons. I hate the fact that I didn't think of it. Same. Like, damn. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we we made Little, little Moons. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so we love Little Moons. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Nonstop. Anyway. Ten of those. Um, wow. you know, um, yeah, so I saw the other day, which blew my mind was there was little moons cause you know, we, we shop for that for home and they had Ben and Jerry's cookie dough stuffed in it. And I was like, 
Damn. And Little Moons, like mochi is a very Asian traditional um, dessert as well. And Little Moons have done such an amazing job of like having a good quality mochi still, but putting familiar flavors yeah, of like pr- what the, people are used to yeah. and what they enjoy. And I, I think for ube. But they, they experiment as well with like a traditional Asian flavors, like red. They, yeah, they, no, they, they do. They do. They match. But what I'm, like what I'm trying to say, like someone like L- Little Moons who do like, um, mochi, but for more a Western palate, I see the Western dessert parlors maybe catering towards the Asian flavors as well, because yeah. it's like a trendy, um, it's, so a, it's a trending thing right t- now. That ties into Asian pop culture. Mm-hmm. And now it's basically Asian pop culture and general. By the way, little means if you want to collab. It's mass, it's mass, it's mass pop culture now. It's mass pop culture. I mean, yeah. is that the right term? I think with the rise of like K-pop and anime yeah. and those interests. It's now part of everyone's like a, yeah. ch- a child growing up in this generation. It's part of their childhood. It's part of their culture. It's not, yeah. it's like, it's not particularly, it derives from Asian culture, but it's going to, people are embracing it as their own now. I think they also want to get more um, uh, involved in it. You know, it's, there's it's so very, many things. There's so many But it's very festivals. similar to a Indian culture in the 90s and 80s now became like, even like the best, it was awarded at one point. Um, fact check this, please, uh, Mark. Um, like British dish of, uh, the, the most like well-known British dish was a, was a, a masala curry or something like that. Yeah. So uh, the way, you know, the UK embraces other cultures and makes it their own. Um, we're seeing that a lot more kind of. Uh, particularly yeah. where we are in London, in yeah. central London. And, and that's honestly what bubble, I... Bubble tea, for example. Yeah. Like, that's a, just a given. It's just like, you know, as 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 much as we say, you want a, want a cup of tea. You want a I remember tea. loads of yeah. people trying bubble tea maybe five years ago. Yeah, almost and choking they, themselves. They weren't up for They'll it at all. They'll be choking, like a bubble tea getting spit out of their nose or something. They don't know how to handle it. And now they're, they're, <laughs> their esophagus has been as evolved to kind of like consume yeah. like a double serving of tapioca yeah. in their drink. Yeah. And I, and I, and with Ube, you know, I remember when we were talking about, um, opening up in Chinatown for Mama Sons. And I remember us talking about, wouldn't it be amazing if Ube one day became just as popular as Matcha? And that was one of our biggest goals. That was, yeah. And that was five years now. And I think, um, now we're giving today, matcha a run for their money, mate. I'm sorry, but matcha, I, think, I think wait, it's close. It's close. No, I think where we wanted Ube to be is definitely where it is today, and we weren't far off. We weren't far off in terms of um, kind of predicting that one day Ube would be uh, as synonymous as matcha. I wouldn't say. It it tops it just yet. I would say it's very I would, close. I would, I would, I would say that. I'm sorry. You know, I think it's. I think it tops it. Oh, you do. The amount of sh- freaking ube we sell. I like. If you got to. No, gotta, but if you you got to see it to believe it, guys. You got to see it and like listen. No, but I mean, like in, in terms of like how many other businesses, except like you know, dessert parlors, incorporate the ingredient is what I'm talking about. Match okay, versatility of- across the kind of food scene. I see what you mean. No, yeah, no, you have a Sit point. Sit back there. down, matcha. You have a, you have a point. You're there. still number one, and we respect it. Listen, that just gives us time to grow. Okay, and time to kind of push and elevate that ingredient. No, it, it's 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 inspiring to see their journey, like that product, and seeing how we could kind of yeah. follow suit. But, uh, it's you, can, good. you guys can see the pride we have um, with. 
with Ube. And uh, fun fact, actually, I, I released a clothing line 10 years ago and it was actually called Ube London. Yeah, and they had the little tags with, and my logo was an Ube. So it was a fashion brand for some stupid reason. I thought people will buy it because it's a purple potato. I don't know. That's how much I thought this was such, this is such a special thing to me. Um, Fun fact, we have now a Mama Sons collective merch brand. Yeah, yeah, that's really good actually. And we sell Ube hoodies. Uh, so it's coming to a full on circle. So don't uh, worry. That, that yes. prediction is still there. It's still there. It's still there. It's reimagined, but it's still there. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're onto something here. Yeah, the future, the future is bright. The future is purple. The future is Ube. <laughs> Damn, that was good. But anyway, listen, guys, let us know what you think. All right. So is this a trend? Is this here to stay? Is um, it going to fall off? Is it going to fall? No. And uh, we're going to do everything. That was just a rhetorical question. Yeah, we're going to do everything we can to make sure this is not a trend. This isn't a bubble. And we don't think it is. It's part of our heritage and culture. And um, we're going to we're gonna fly the purple flag for as long as possible. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in into our podcast episode. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, Maggie and Howard related, London trend related. Let us know. Leave it in the comments. Business related, guys. Listen, Business related. We're, we're, we realize at this point, the reason why we're doing this, we want to engage with you guys. We want to, we want to make sure that we can reach out and help where we can. We're not, I'm not saying we're in a position of being <laughs> super specialist experts in this, but we've done a, we've done all right to a certain extent and we want to share maybe some of our, some of our stories, some of our lessons with you. So if there's anything specifically you want us to talk about, please let us know in the comments and um, hopefully we could add value to any decisions you're making in the future. Thank you very much. We out. Uh, peace.